Welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. It's time for revival, revival, reformation, reformation, and kingdom advancement. Now, here's Glenn Blakeney. Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast. My name is Glenn Blakeney. The next two episodes, I sit down with Layla Nahavandi. She is a young itinerant minister from Australia. We're going to be talking about her journey coming from a Muslim background. Also, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the topic of the future church. What will the future church look like in terms of what younger millennials and Gen Z are doing to shape and influence the church? Guys, I think it's an exciting time to live in. We're actually going back to the New Testament ways, the patterns of the book of Acts and the epistles and Paul's writings and what Jesus established. So, and what an exciting time, guys. Don't be discouraged. We're going in the right direction. No matter how crazy things are getting in the world, the church is moving ahead and we are in good hands because Jesus is the one who said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. God bless you guys as you listen to the next two podcast episodes with Layla Nahavandi. Um, so Layla, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank and, you for having me. What an honor to be on. <laughs> oh, yeah. What an honor to have you on. Uh, oh, it's it's you. all ours. I'm, I'm super excited about this. And thank you, you um, have an interesting testimony in mm. that, let's just put it this way. You are Persian and yep. Irish. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Half how's, Persian, half how's Irish. How's that work out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You tell me. So, uh, yeah, half Persian, half Irish. I was born in England and oh, wow. raised in New Zealand. And then I've lived in Australia for the last, oh, I don't even know how many, 20 years, I think, 25 years, something like that. Wow. So, yeah, been a bit of around the world a bit. <laughs> Yeah, and you have an yeah. amazing ministry, and you travel oh, and you. and teach and preach, and and I know, um, you know, we're going to let people know more about that. But I just put your website on down oh, cool. below. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about your journey, your spiritual journey, how you came yeah. to the Lord. You come from a family that obviously wasn't mm. Christian, so tell us about yes, that. yeah. So. Um, I was born into a Muslim family. My dad was Muslim and my mum met dad in England and they fell in love with each other and she actually converted to Islam to marry dad. And um, they weren't super practicing Muslims or anything like that. It was just sort of a a religion that they had. Mum had grown up Catholic in Ireland, so she'd grown up around the nuns and, you know, doing a confirmation and different things like that, Um, but very easily sort of just converted to Islam. And then uh, mum and dad moved to New Zealand. And when we were in New Zealand, my auntie from Iran came to live with us in New Zealand, and we didn't actually know at the time but she was schizophrenic. And so we had my schizophrenic auntie living with us, young family. Mum and dad had, you know, the three of us kids all under five. And my dad's a professor of robotic engineering. So he was very committed to his work, his career, his academics. And so he wasn't at home a lot. And then mum was home a lot with my 
myself, my younger siblings and my auntie. And uh, just with her being schizophrenic, it was just crazy at home. It was just um, a really intense environment, really hectic. Uh, My auntie would do things like I remember her having a knife in her hand and just threatening my dad. And it was just really, really hectic. And my mom sort of put it down to cultural differences. She thought it might be because, you know, she's Persian and she doesn't really speak the language that well. And um, we really had no idea that she was schizophrenic. Wow. And so um, my mum said to my dad, look, I, I can't handle this. I'm going to leave um, and basically took my brother and my sister and I and we moved into a women's and children's shelter and we lived there uh, for a little while. And while we were there, we didn't know, but we actually had a church group. Um, so friends of mine from school, their parents went to a church um, life group together and they actually started praying for our family. So they started praying for us, started praying that God would reveal himself to our family and that God would turn our situation around. And um, then so uh, one of these people in that group lived down the road from us as well, was one of our neighbours. And she reached out to my mum. She was good friends with my mum. She reached out to her, shared the gospel with her, just said, hey, I believe that, you know, if you give your life to Jesus, um, you can trust him with your life. You'll never regret it. And he can make something, you know, beautiful out of this mess. And so something really witnessed with my mum that what this lady was saying was true and was real. And so she ended up giving her life to Jesus. She was like, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Got baptised in their bathtub, uh, in wow. this lady and her <laughs> husband's bathtub. So very unconventional um, sort of salvation story. So gets baptised, goes along to this Pentecostal church, shout out to New Life Church in Palmerston, North New Zealand, and gets really connected there. Um, We started going along to church. She moved back in uh, to the house with my dad, and my dad um, then also started going along to church with mum and sort of just to keep mum happy and, you know, to keep the family together. But then my dad also had a very radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, And so him being a scientist professor, he was sort of going to do an experiment on the Holy Spirit. So they're talking about the Holy Spirit all the time. So he said, okay, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then show me. And he really had this encounter with just the wind of the Holy Spirit and felt God speak to him and say, I'm real and Jesus is real. And so my dad being, you know, from that Muslim background was like, yep, I believe in Jesus. I want to get baptized. You know, this is real. And so from then on, I've just sort of grown up in the church. So from about six years old, grown up uh, in Pentecostal churches, both in New Zealand and Australia. And God's just done wonderful things in my life. And I think from having that experience as a young kid, um, where we just saw darkness go to light and, mm. and just really saw Jesus come and invade our world. Um, I've never walked away from God because it's always been so real to me. The power of God and the reality mm. of Jesus has always been just such an incredible reality in my life. So I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Now, yeah. one of the things that, you know, I know for you, obviously you're, you're in ministry, you do full-time mm. ministry, whatever you travel, you preach, you teach. I know you have a podcast. Like, So let's talk a little bit about that journey in yeah. terms of being called by God. What mm-hmm. happened to you? How did you get to the place where, you know, you're now mm-hmm. so active? And, and as you said, you, you have no doubts, you know, that the yeah. Lord is real. You have no doubts, mm-hmm. you know, what, obviously what he's called you to do as well. Would you share mm-hmm. that journey? Yeah. Me? 
Of course. Um, so starting in, a, in my church in New Zealand, um, I had some great kids church leaders who were just wonderful at just bringing out the gifts in people. And so they saw, you know, some sort of leadership gifting on my life. And so at, even as about a six, seven year old kid, they would get me to go to the younger age groups and help the leaders with different things. And so I started to get this um, just passion for serving the church and serving, you know, the people of God and helping with them with the object lessons and different things like that. Then we actually moved to Australia and in that church as well, we had incredible pastors and leaders who were just so great at just releasing people into ministry and calling and, and the gift of God on their life. And, um, so in this church, I sort of grew up in the kids' ministry as well, moved when I was eight years old. And so in that kids' church, they would get me to do object lessons and offering messages and, you know, helping with different things there. And then I moved into the youth ministry and the youth pastors um, got me doing some outreach things in different communities and some evangelistic stuff. And then they'd have me preach at youth and different things like this. I'd run a, a connect group, a life group. And so I just had lots of different opportunities in these churches as a very young person just a, a kid and a teenager to actually step wow. into ministry and actually lead and obviously they're holding my hand the whole time they didn't obviously like you know let me do everything but they really empowered me and equipped me in that calling they recognized there was some sort of anointing some sort of gifting there and really made room and made space for me to be able to you know start to operate in those giftings at a young age so I'm very thankful for those environments and the, um, those church communities that really did that in such a powerful and incredible way uh, and then as a teenager um, I went to a conference and I felt uh, I'd always felt that God was calling me to be a pastor in, in the future. It was just something that I had this knowing. I know some people, you know, sort of stumble upon that later in life. But um, for me, it was from from a young age, I knew that's what God's calling me to do. And it was just such a, yeah, such a a thing that I knew. So um, I went to a conference and uh, heard a preacher called Pastor David Hall, who I know Pastor Glenn knows, but some, some of the audience might know. Um, he's a, a revivalist, a pastor, a preacher. And so I heard him preach. And uh, as he was preaching, God spoke to me as about a 16, 17-year-old kid and said, I want you to go and serve under his ministry wow. and learn from him. And, um, you know, he's talking about revival. I had a passion for the revival and the Holy Spirit and God to encounter people in that way. And so I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And so I finished school and, you know, I talked to my parents about it, obviously took a while to convince them to let me move interstate and, you know, go to this different church and, and serve there, go to Bible college. Um, so, yeah, basically turned 18, finished school and then moved and um, the church at the time, Pastor Tim Hall, um, who's also a, an a incredible evangelist, was running the church. And uh, it was in its very infant stages. So it was probably about 100 people, 150 people. And so um, joined the church, went to Bible college, did university and uh, did an internship there and just was serving in any way that I possibly could. So I was helping with, you know, ushering and running church news and the kids ministry and the youth ministry and just serving in any area that I possibly could. And uh, about a year later, um, Pastor Dave, um, became the senior pastor and he said, Layla, love to ask you to be the youth pastor. And so oh, I cool. started as youth pastor and we were in a very uh, low socioeconomic sort of um, suburb in, in Adelaide in Australia. And mm. so uh, there was 
um, no ability to, to come on staff like you know full-time or anything like that so I was working another job at the same time and there was two young people in the youth ministry so went down to the supermarket found a bunch of young people I was like hey do you guys want to come you know come to our youth event and so just really evangelistic sort of growing the ministry and so good. I just saw God do some great things there and uh, over the years our church really grew to you know from about 100 people to over, well over a thousand people and so we I really did that journey with the church and um, was part of the youth ministry, young adults pastor, kids pastor. We launched a Bible college. I was a Bible college director. And then now I've sort of stepped into full-time itinerant ministry preaching uh, around the world. So that was sort of the progression from, you know, a kid all the way through to uh, what I'm doing now. Wow. So good. You know, what I love about that is the fact that you just jumped in and and you did all those things and you served Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, not only were you a blessing to others, but the experience, mm. man, that is so incredible. When I look I really back in, in retrospect over my ministry development, you know, and mm. spiritual maturity, one of the things that I feel was really missing was that opportunity. And wow. um, I think today more than ever, you know, I'm, I'm just... Mm jokingly uh say sometimes but it's true so the school of hard knocks is overrated so find (laughs) find a mentor find someone who will bring you on board and Mm. you know just allow you to serve and yeah you may fall uh but fall forward make mistakes but it's all good but you grow right the The kingdom Kingdom community Community show Show. will be back back after after this this short short break. break Jesus told us to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples of the nations. In this digital age, we can now reach millions easily through streaming television. Position yourself before the nations by airing your content on the Kingdom Community TV Network. We're available on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Google TV, Apple TV, LG TV, Samsung TV, Apple and Android mobile devices, and at the website kingdomcommunity.tv. It's easy and affordable to air your program on KCTV. For details on how to get started, visit our website or email at support at kingdomcommunity.tv. If you love the Kingdom Community Show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Now, back to the show. So let's just talk a little bit about your itinerant ministry now. Um and and what what you really focus on? Like, if someone yeah. said, "Hey, Layla, um, I'd love to have you come and speak at mm. my church." What what mm. uh, do you bring to the table, so to speak? What's your mm. kingdom contribution? Kingdom contribution. I love that question. Yeah, that's yeah, the term I, think, I use. <laughs> so good, so good. I think the passion of my heart is um, the revival of the church, 
And so, you know, I've do, I'm doing my PhD at the moment as well at the moment. So wow. um, everything is really focused on spiritual gifts and how we can see the church live in the fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so mm. everywhere that I go, uh, it might be different words and, and I have, you know, a prophetic word that I bring to the church. Um, but laced within that is always just a hunger and a passion to see the demonstration of the spirit break out in that church and really to have a breakthrough in that area and to set the pace then for that church moving forward. So when I leave, you know, on the Monday, um, the following week, you know, it doesn't have to die down that there can be that fire that's been sparked and ignited and they can run with that and different people can be, you know, empowered to flow in those spiritual gifts and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I really feel like I'm a, a, my ministry is to be a fire starter in the church and to really, you know, bring revival to the church in whatever area or way that I possibly can. Wow, that's awesome. So your podcast, um, mm -hmm. what's your podcast called and what what what's it about? Love to hear yeah. that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I am studying, my major is history and historical theology. And so I, as I've been studying church history, I'd find different things throughout church history that are really applicable to the church today and really quite inspiring to me mm. as I read about different revivalists, different reformers um, throughout church history, people who, you know, saw the dead rays and the prophetic gift and signs and wonders and miracles and that sort of thing. And so the whole podcast is basically focused on that. Um, what can church history teach the church of today? So um, it's a biographical podcast. So we look at different heroes of church history. So we might take someone like Martin Luther, um, Teresa of Avila, different people like this, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and we focus on them for one episode and it's very interview style. So I'll have a guest on and they'll basically take us through the life of this person and how they impacted the church and how they can inspire and equip the church of today. And really for us, it's really about just getting the picture of these inspiring people, men and women of God that God's used in the past mm -hmm. and using that to ignite um, a passion, a hunger in the church of today, people in the church of today to say, hey, God, if you did that, you know, 100 years ago, a 1,000 years ago through this person, I believe that you can do the same thing in me today that you can move in a powerful way through my life. So, yeah, really trying to share those stories and thoughts of church history's heroes to inspire and equip the church of today. Awesome. Okay, so um, 20th century, let's just talk about that 20th century mm. revivalists. Um, mm. Who's two or three of your favorites? Oh, I have a lot. <laughs> Obviously, William J. Seymour, um, absolute hero, leading the Azusa Street Revival. Um, one thing that really stands out to me about his story is his just absolute humility and the way that he facilitated the revival in such a way that he made God the centerpiece. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about, you know, his great preaching style or anything like that. He really just facilitated a community of people who are hungry for the moving of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and allowed God to move in a powerful way. So I love William J. Seymour. Uh, I love uh, Amy Semple McPherson, another um, great one. I think what I love about her is... Um, the way that she used media and the way that she reached 
the popular culture and the way that she sort of broke new ground by bringing the gospel into these spaces, like with radio and different things like that, and the way that she presented the gospel in a way that connected with people's hearts, um, the way that she launched her church and different things like this, the Four Square Gospel, real incredible revivalist there. Um, I also love uh, Evan Roberts, again, for his mm. humility, um, seeking God in prayer um, for the revival in Wales. Um, yeah, these would probably be my favourites. Love Catherine Coleman for her healing ministry. Um, and then Benny Hinn more, me- more recently has really had a huge impact on my um, life and ministry. So I'd throw him in there as well. Wow. <laughs> what about you? Do you have some favourites? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. You know, Catherine Coleman, because when mm. I was healed in one of her services when I was- No way. Kid, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow, I, I saw her that. three times when I was very young. You know, I was probably wow. about eight, nine years old. Mm. So yeah, Amazing. healed that. So that's a big mm. thing. Um, mm. The next person probably, it's a toss up. I met Amy Semple McPherson's son, Rolf, before wow. he died. Um, Rolf yeah. McPherson, before he died in LA and spent a bit of time with him. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously knew him, but for me, it was a great privilege and an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. So yeah, influence there. Um, yeah, John G. Lake, I think. Yeah. John oh Lake. yeah. John G. Lake's awesome as well. Yeah. So yeah, I love, yeah. love his stuff. So yeah, really cool. Smith Wigglesworth. I yeah, think, oh yeah. I think yeah. the more that we talk about him, the more that there's like yeah. so many that are so influential and amazing. Yeah. Right. Maria Absolutely. Woodworth Edda. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I have pictures of all these people on my wall. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I love them. And and that's so refreshing to hear from you. We're probably, uh, we're more than 20 years apart in age, I can yeah. tell you that. And <laughs> and to hear you share that, you know, yeah. because um, I, I really feel there's a fresh hunger mm. um, and yearning to really tap into that. Mm. But I think we're also in a place mm. where the Lord is, wanting us to move forward. I mean, we just hosted a conference in Toronto, Canada recently, and one of the leaders that she made this statement, she said, you know, it's one thing to learn from the great leaders, the the general, so to speak. It's another thing to, you know, to stay just fixated on them to the point that you don't go beyond and I feel mm. that the Lord is wanting yes. to take us beyond in terms of revelation yeah. and demonstration. Totally. And so Great. right now, one of the challenges globally mm-hmm. um, is the church kind of being redefined. What mm. will the church, particularly post-COVID globalism, post-modernism, mm. um, you know, all, everything that's had the challenges that we're facing – what is the church going to look like? And because Jesus mm. is going to have a glorious church, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, you know, we may refer to that church as a remnant, whatever language we use. But mm. ultimately, what will that church look like, Layla, in your mm. opinion? And to really be effective, mm. to to make the difference. And like mm. your generation, younger um so important because we're not regenerating in many places mm. in the world leaders and it's mostly a western mm. phenomenon but it's happening even in other nations too and other parts yeah. of the world we're not the 
leaders, pastors are getting older, less, uh, fewer and fewer, younger are wanting to be in ministry as well. So, yeah. Mm. So what, yeah, that's true. What's, the, what's the secret sauce? What's the solution? <laughs> the secret <laughs> no sauce. I'm not sure I have all the answers. Um, I think one thing that we've been doing in a movement that I'm involved in, and um, it's called Theos University. And so one thing mm. that we're really passionate about is combating deconstruction, which is sort of very popular among young evangelicals who are really deconstructing their faith because they're realizing that, you know, the doctrines and different things that they grew up on um, don't have a very solid foundation. And so they're thinking like, well, maybe if this isn't true, then, you know, what else isn't true and different things like that. So um, Theosu, we've got over sort of 30,000 people involved and and following the ministry. And it's really about turning back to the ancient church. What can we learn from the ancient church? And historically orthodox Christianity and sort of going back to our roots. And so I think that for me, at least that's one of the keys is looking at the ancient church, the early church, and this was a key in in the Pentecostal revival as well, just going back to, to what they believed and what they were built upon in the fivefold ministry that you talk about so beautifully and all of these different things and going back to what's fundamentally um, the essence of the church. Uh, So I think Gen Z and sort of younger millennials, we're really passionate about that authenticity. Um, We're sick of the business model church, commercialization of the church. I think that smells so off to a younger generation and we just have no time for it, no tolerance for it. Um, So where I see millennials and Gen Z really moving is I see them, you know, going out on the streets preaching the gospel. Um, I see, you know, Gen Z, I've I've seen lots of young leaders who have, you know, over 100,000 followers on Instagram and and millions of followers on YouTube and different things like this. And they're preaching the gospel and they're, you know, really passionate about their faith and they're going out there and they're recording themselves, you know, on the streets in in Europe and they're on the streets in Brazil and they're preaching the gospel, you know. So I think the church is definitely not dead. The church is definitely not going backwards. I think we're just sick of, you know, what the church has been made into that actually right. doesn't align with the right. historic um, church that, you know, God God has been building. And I really feel like this is a movement of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is actually reforming the church to actually go back to the future, I guess. So really go back to our roots, back to what was really important, back to what the church should be built upon. And I think that's what Gen Z and millennials are really hungry for yeah. and are leaning into. Um, yeah. So I think, as, as you said, the, the church that's very commercialized and that business type structure and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that, I think, yeah, um, I I don't see that lasting into the next, you know, sort of decade or 20 years, but I definitely see us, you know, returning to this more authentic um, early church sort of model. You've reached the end of another episode of the Kingdom Community Show with Glenn Blakeney. Be sure to visit kingdomcommunity.global to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our awesome bonus content. Until next time.